Businesses don't need research for the sake of research. They need research that leads to a meaningful impact for their customers, their products, and their bottom line. Communications for Research is the trusted insights champion to lead you to that impact. They take their ownership of the research process so you can focus on your business and your customers. Whether you need qualitative, quantitative, or data analysis for primary research, their expert logistics team has the experience to understand your objectives. They design and execute processes to achieve research outcomes that lead to better decisions. Visit cfrinc.net to learn more. Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast with you as always. I'm Priscilla McKinney. I am the mama bird here at Little Bird Marketing and I have this pleasure of being out and talking to so many people in this industry. I sit at the crossroads of marketing and market research. I have a treat for you today, someone who's going to make sense of what is going on. Shamsu, welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Well, you and I joke around a lot. <laughs> it, it's so funny, you know, we became colleagues, you know, we're peers, and then we're like, yeah, we like each other. This is going to be easy. <laughs> you and I got to really get face-to-face over in SMR in Toronto, so that was awesome. But if you don't know Shamsu Badani, you really need to. He is the head of Hatch Tank. He is a very experienced CEO, and he has a tremendous history of really working side-by-side with people in the market research industry. And this is what I want to talk about today about technology, because I've had a few people on the last three or four podcast episodes really talking about what is going on with technology. We've looked at it from all different sides. Why is private equity interested? Why are people looking more to res tech to solve problems? How are people developing their teams in order to deal with technology and on and on? But Shamsu is skilled in UX. He understands software design. He certainly knows how that actually transfers over to mobile. But what's so beautiful is that as an entrepreneur, he's really brought all that together and said, how do we answer some of the most pressing market research questions that are not a simple yes, no, or a simple three through five, or <laughs> no kind of quantitative thing is going to help us? How do we get to that next step? So Shamsu, thank you for joining me and letting me pick your brain about a couple of interesting pieces of technology. All right, let's talk. Well, let me give you just a minute to tell people about what Hatch Tank is and also <laughs> such amazing news and cool things that have happened in the last year over with your group. Yeah, no, thank you. So I personally have been in the online qualitative market research software space for, gosh, almost 20 years, give or take, and kind of got into it by accident, but who hasn't? <laughs> and about Six years or so ago, we rebranded our company. It used to be called Focus Forums. We rebranded to Hatch Tank, and that just changed the trajectory of everything. So online qual is where we live. We're the other side, I guess, from quantitative research. We add qual, we'll add the color, we'll add the explanation, answer why from quantitative. And we built this platform out by me just working with a whole bunch of qualitative researchers and trying to understand what they do on a day-to-day basis when they go into these focus group facilities, when they do online live qualitative research and taking that and saying, okay, how do we kind of add that technology aspect to it so that the experience is similar, the results 
are similar so that you can get the benefit of what these fabulous researchers do with just leveraging technology as much as possible. That's been my life for the last so many years. Well, the reason why I asked you on (laughs) for this episode is because of a pressing kind of nagging question I have. And we know that in the push to better, cheaper, faster, the word that we got all sick of hearing was agile. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anybody else out there not sick and tired of that? (laughs) So, and of course, teams were being asked to get more done with less. And so what do they do? They turn to technology. But a lot of us have had the conversation in the industry. Yes, technology is great. Of course, it enables uh, this better, cheaper, faster kind of thing. But at what expense? And also, at what point can we expect humans to be able to operate the technology in the right way? And I remember a conversation I had probably two years ago with Kristen Luck about really the rise of the human in market research. And this is kind of where you and I then took the next step in a conversation. How do we make sure that the humans who are market researchers, (laughs) who are working with humans, who are the respondents, are actually getting help? from the humans who run the technology. And that's why I asked you on. So can you tell me a little bit about your mindset and what is different about Hatch Tank and working with someone at Hatch Tank? How do you see the divide between the service you provide and here's a platform that you can use? Tell us more about that from, let's start big picture of what you see in the industry and then let's get specific about you. Yeah, no. So I think there's a lot of software options out there, lots of different platforms to do similar type of stuff, just different flavors. And a lot of people initially, when they start getting into the world of online, they say, well, a platform is a platform and just does, they all do the same thing. Reality is number one, they don't all do the same thing. There's always nuances. There's a core kind of foundational thing that yes, we're trying to provide similar stuff. But at the end of the day, each platform is quite different. And there's a lot of time and effort that goes in to invest in any platform because you got to learn the nuances. You got to change your ways to kind of adapt to the platform sometimes and all that. And just the way things are going, what, what I see is that a lot of people get into using these platforms and not necessarily use them to full capacity because they know what they know. They don't have time to explore more and take advantage of the different features and the different capabilities. And I just feel that the technology is underused and there's some great technologies out there. At Hatchtank specifically, we built out the platform to be really easy, really straightforward to use. And the initial point of view was it's got to be really easy and straightforward for the participants. As a researcher, we're going to give you more bells and whistles to work with because you can do that, but we're going to simplify it for the user. But we also found that people were not using the platform to the right, to full potential as much as they could. And uh, that kind of bugged me a little bit because I want you to, if you're using our platform, I want you to have the best bang for your buck. I want you to really take advantage of it fully. And so we initially, we started off as a do-it-yourself platform, and then we introduced some service aspects to what we did. And it was Fairly simple. Give us your discussion guide. We'll program it. We'll load it on. We'll onboard the participants. We'll do the admin work and so on. And there's been a shift over the last 18 months or so, almost two years, is that we get more clients now who want us to do it for them, either do it together. So the DIY has changed into DIT, which is do it together or do it for me, because 
whoever we're speaking to and explaining our point of view to, look, why don't you worry about the research? Why don't you let us worry about the software? Let's collaborate. I know partnerships and collaborations, and we're not a vendor. We're a partner is also very widely used, but we try to use that or we try to live that on a day-to-day basis. And that's where what we found is now the majority of our clients coming in are saying, do it for us. We don't want to deal with all this other stuff. Help us use the platform the best way possible. And then teach us the things that we need to know to get the results out, to get the content out so that we can deliver something to our clients that's awesome. And we don't have to stress about the technology. The technology is there, but that's where the human element comes in because everybody's good at what they do. You're good at doing your research. We're good at doing our technology. Let's just kind of make it as efficient as possible and get fabulous results at the end of the day for you and your clients. I think that's an interesting point because the efficiency is kind of the issue why they chose technology to begin with, but then they get on a technology that, and let's be honest, I think one of the kind of bigger problems can be that somebody chose a technology that their team is going to be on, but the person who's using it is not necessarily the person who went through all of the due diligence and chose it. And so they haven't heard of all the different rich features and they don't really know how to use every aspect of it. And it's just being handed down to them from on high. (laughs) And then to your point, by the time they're talking with you, they're like, I don't know, I'm not really used. I just went on here and this is, I know how to program this one thing. So I'm doing this one thing. And I can see as a programmer from your perspective, that would be really frustrating when you know that the technology is really robust. So there's a lot of technology out there. It gets hard for people to differentiate. What does this one do? What does that one do? But the point that you're making is that by the time they get to technology, the question becomes, are you really going to be efficient? And so is that kind of initial itch for DIY really good for your firm, whether you're at an end client or you're a market researcher yourself doing it for another client? Is that technology really going to be used efficiently for your team? So tell me a little bit about what you hear or what are kinds of the red flags that happen when you realize, oh, wait, 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 this team is not using it to its full capacity. We need to get in here and we need to be humans with them. And we need to really humanly support (laughs) all of this tech enablement. So what do you hear and what are those red flags? Absolutely. And I think we looked at it from our perspectives. How are we spending our time supporting our clients and just doing the work we do on a day-to-day basis? Because we as a software company also use other softwares out there to make our lives better as well. We took a step backwards and we kind of said, okay, not only are we, it's too late by the time someone comes and says, I want to use your platform for DIY and here's the questions I want to ask, program this in for me, right? We wanted to try to kind of get in before that, well before that, when they were thinking of how they would actually design their questions and what's the best way to approach this from an online perspective. So one of the things that I did was I I made sure, for me at least, uh, to have some qualitative people with qualitative experience part of the team. So when we're talking to our clients, our potential clients, it's not just, hey, give us your discussion guide and we'll program it. And we're a bunch of tech people that will program the guide. We've made an effort to understand how qual works and we've brought in people that can talk to our clients at a peer level versus a provider level, people with 10, 15, 20 years of qual experience as well. And so what I've tried to do is I've said, okay, as a value add, if you will, or as part of our kind of commitment to what the clients to deliver good work, before you even start working 
on your questions or your approach, ask us, talk to us, because we might have some ideas. We get what you're trying to do. And once they deliver that content to us to program and set up on the platform, we'll review it. We'll make our recommendations. We might say, look, you're trying to do it this way. We get it. Here's a better way of doing it, at least on our platform. This is going to give you a better bang for your buck. So this is what we suggest. Of course, the decision is theirs at the end of the day, but that's a collaborative point of view that we bring to the table. And then from there on, the project is set up and delivered. And ideally, at the end of the day, everybody's kind of looking good and everybody's happy, including the end client. Okay. I love that. So you kind of started with that idea of, look, so many people have technology. They're not even using it to its full capacity. Number two, a lot of times, even if they turn around to a technology partner and say, okay, well, help me use it to the fullest capacity. But if those technical teams don't have researchers on their team, then they are really only supporting you on a technical side and not really supporting you on the actual research holistically. Is that what I hear you saying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're selling something. We better know what we're selling. It's not like it's okay to sell technology, but we're also, we're in the business of knowing what people are trying to get to. And that makes our clients' life easier and it helps them deliver the right stuff to their clients. So it's not just about the technology. It's not just about supporting the technology itself, but it's about supporting the business aspect around it in my mind. I love that. And I'm going to unpack the last thing you had mentioned there was this idea of even providing ongoing feedback. So tell me about how Hatch Tank really brings their humans or why you think it's important to bring humans to that kind of last piece. Let's circle the wagons, figure out maybe next time we launch a study, we could do something differently. So what does that sound like when you and your team consult with people about maybe thinking it through a little bit differently? It's a really good question. And it really changes from client to client because as we get to know our clients and get to understand their style of doing things, we also adapt. And one person may do it completely different than the second person, than a third person. And that's kind of what the tunes into. Really good example. We have a client who's always asking for feedback after the project is done. Okay, so we did this project. Here's a couple spots where it was dicey, or here's a couple spots that I didn't think went well or whatever. How do we fix that for the next time? And getting to know them over four, five, six, seven projects, we can understand what their style is. And then by the time they come to us for the next project, we know who we're dealing with. And those recommendations or those fixes are already in place because we document this stuff. And so, and the same project manager typically lines up with the same client. So that relationship is built and that relationship gets stronger and the trust gets stronger. So it's all about the relationships in my approach to life. I love this. Okay. So this is where you and I were talking when we were in Toronto about where we see online qual going, this idea that there'd have to be more long-term partners. There'd have to be more collaboration going on because people can't simply just be put in front of a computer and get it done. It's just not that simple. But have you heard any inklings or do you have any other thoughts that we haven't covered since then about what you see happening in the market of online research? I think a lot of people are realizing the fact that handing off a piece of software or a platform to someone and saying, hey, great, here's a demo of it and here's some documentation and go figure it out is not going to work. This is not simplistic stuff. It is, uh, 
it's strategic how you set up these projects, how you set up these. It's not necessarily complex, but definitely strategic as how you set all this up because you only get so much time with these participants. And in the world of qualitative, getting the participants is a pretty expensive proposition, right? Like you're paying probably 150, 200 bucks per person, and then you got to pay them another 150 to 200 bucks to, for, for their time. There's not that much appetite or money or room for do-overs. So you got to really get it right. And you got to keep evolving and fixing over and over. So you just keep getting better. I feel that people who are doing research, people who are managing research, Outside of learning the technology and having the pressures of learning the technology, setting up the research, implementing the research, doing the analysis, writing the report and all that kind of stuff, there's just a lot thrown at that person. They need help and we can play our part. And I think companies are realizing that and stepping up from a service perspective. So technology is great. And there are some people who absolutely want to do just that but maybe they have support people in-house that are doing that for them. So it's not like they're doing that themselves. There's always someone helping them. In my mind, we want to make sure that we fill that gap. We want to make sure we have that availability and those relationships. And I think a lot of people are realizing that. So you are seeing more and more of not just tech only place, but there's tech as well as, look, come talk to us and we'll help you through the process. Okay, listen, the way you're kind of framing that I think is so important because when we look at solutions, a lot of times we get fixated on the price of the software. And so what I hear you saying is that it's not really just about the investment of the software. Sometimes that cost of the respondent is overlooked. <laughs> and we all know it can be pretty significant, especially on a very large study. But one thing that I thought was thinking of, as you mentioned that and brought that up, I'm like, yeah, people need to be mindful of that. I also thought, what if you don't set it up strategically, like you were talking about? And what is the cost of losing the opportunity of really getting quality insights for your consumer. Here you've bought the software and then you've invested in paying for the respondents for their time. But if it's not set up properly, you could be getting answers that, yeah, you're checking a box and getting answers done, but is it really answering the pressing business question that you came to the software to answer to begin with? Totally agree with you. I mean, we're on the same page. I love that. But Shamsu, I mean, everybody knows now that we're good friends. So, <laughs> so that cat's out of the bag. But I really appreciate you coming on and shedding some light on just your perspective of technology and where it's going in market research. But just as a favor to you, can I just ask you about your platform at Hatch Tank that you all use? What is your favorite feature that you think brings people back over and over again? Do you have one in particular that you just always hear back from your clients that they just really love that your technology does a little bit differently? Since you're letting me, I'm going to say two things, not just one. The one thing that comes back all the time, whether it's uh, clients and clients or participants is just the ease of use of the platform. The fact that it is set up very simple, very straightforward, feels a lot like social media, go in, do your thing, get out they don't really have to spend too much time to work on the platform or understand the software because it's quite intuitive. So that's one. The other piece that we're really proud of and it's getting used a lot is our markup tool. I know there's a lot of different versions of a markup tool, but I believe ours is quite unique. I'm actually working on a blog post about it that hopefully I'll be able to do sooner than later. But the markup tool allows you can display any sort of concept whether it be a still image or a video, if you will. And the idea there is that you can not only drop 
pins or icons on that to say, okay, I'm going to drop a heart shape icon to or love this or a thumbs down to hate that and all that. But beyond that, you can actually scribble and draw on the image itself so that you're not just providing, okay, if I didn't like a statement, I'm going to show you exactly what I didn't like about that statement. I'm going to, or I'm going to show you something that I really loved. I'm going to circle it. And it's the combination of the two and the ability to then not just have people drop these visual clues, but also explain why they said something like that and force them to do that. Combination of all that. I mean, to us, it's a big labor of love. It's worked out really well. But the clients, whoever has used it, absolutely adore it. Like they rave about it. And hopefully I'll get to that blog post. But that those are the <laughs> We all have so many we need to get to. But you're saying that so many people like that and it's easy to use. So I do want to give you one last chance to tell people about the cool news that happened with Numerator. It's a little old now. So we got acquired by Numerator, who's based out of Chicago. They are, I want to call them a market research company, but we are a big data and analytics company that it has been a pleasure being part of Numerator's all quant. They brought us in from a call perspective. They brought the whole team in when we got acquired. We were a team of eight. Now we're a team of 12. And growing, we're in the process of hiring more. So by end of Q1, we should be at about 15 to 17 people, hopefully. And it's been great. And my team's still there. And they have let us do business as Hatchtank, but they've opened up so many new doors and opportunities to work with just this insanely awesome list of clients that Numerator has, the who's who of some of the top companies in the US. So it's been phenomenal. I've been working for myself for the last almost 20 years and uh, just being part of this Numerator team, it has been such a great ride and hopefully everything keeps going uh, bigger, better. So that's (laughs) what we're looking for. I love it. But Shamsu, listen, you are so much fun at conferences. So I'm just telling all of my listeners, you need to connect with him online at Shamsu, S-H-A-M-S-U, and by Donnie, B-H-A-I-D-A-N-I. Find him on LinkedIn. And I'm telling you, if you want to have a good time at the next market research conference, I'll probably be over in the corner with him chatting about something. So just really just open to talking about not just our brands. We're not there to sell necessarily, but thinking about how we can improve the industry. And I I really appreciate that about you and Cameron and Amber and so many on your team. Just this openness to say, well, what's next? How can we help you? And this is absolutely what I love to highlight on this podcast. So Shamsu, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And yes, please do connect with me on LinkedIn. I need friends. So... But you have me, Shamsu. <laughs> Am I not enough? <laughs> I need more friends like Priscilla. I'm okay. How about that? <laughs> Fair enough. And from all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.